When we choose not to follow God's plan and his design and his rules, things often don't go very well for us in this life. God will work in spite of those things. His plans cannot be thwarted, but we'll often deal with consequences for our actions in the here and now. And we're going to see that in Jacob's life in our story today. I'm so glad that you joined me in Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's Word. Well, our recent episodes have been introducing us to the character in the Bible named Jacob. He's one of the patriarchs or the fathers of the Jewish religion. So we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are some of the patriarchs, sometimes we call them. And we haven't had a great impression of Jacob so far. He's a bit of a deceiver. He tricked his brother Esau of his birthright and his blessing. He deceived his father Isaac. As a result, Esau was terribly jealous and angry with him and wanted to kill him. And so Jacob has left now for two reasons. One, probably to run away from his brother Esau and try to stay alive. And two, because he needs to find a wife. And his mother and father want him to find a wife from their people. So he's journeying back to Haran, to the land where his, where Rebekah came from and where his mother came from, to find a wife. And on his journey, he had this dream where he saw the ladder that went up into the heavens and the Lord spoke to him and basically gave him the same promises that he had given to Abraham, that God would be with him and keep him, bring him back to the land of Abraham, that he would have offspring, and that from Jacob's offspring, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. So now Jacob is arriving in the land of Haran, and he's going to start looking for a wife, and that's where we pick up. And just a couple notes of context to help you understand what we're reading today. Um, One, we have a well with a large stone over the top, and probably this stone was large enough that people would work together to move it. So you see all these shepherds coming together in the afternoon, and it was probably because they would also work together to push this stone off of the well. We're also going to hear a phrase um, about Leah that she has weak eyes. And you might think, well, what on earth does that mean that she has weak eyes? And the truth is that nobody really knows. Different Bible scholars disagree on what that means. Um, I personally think that it was probably a, a Hebrew idiom that meant that Leah just wasn't as good looking as her sister Rachel was. Um, I don't know exactly what was going on with her eyes, um, but there was something about her appearance that Moses, the writer of Genesis, says um, that her eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. So something about Leah's weak eyes is contrasted with Rachel's beauty. We also need to understand a little bit of some wedding rituals. So imagine a wedding where there's a big feast, Um, It's late at night. The bride is wearing a veil because she's not supposed to be seen by her husband until after um, they are married. So if you kind of can visualize that, you can understand how this story works. All right, let's dive in. We're starting in Genesis chapter 29, verse 1. So find 
Genesis chapter 29 and verse 1. Here we go. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. For out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We're from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said to them, Is it well with him? He said, It is well, and see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go, pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together, and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him into his house. Jacob told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his female servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her servant. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, it is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also, in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so, and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his female servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. Well, we started out with Jacob arriving 
and starting to look for Laban and his family. And he um, is blessed to meet Rachel right away uh, at this well, and he performs this great feat of strength that apparently impresses Rachel. It seems to be love at first sight. And, you know, it says that Jacob kissed Rachel. It probably wasn't like a romantic kiss. It was probably more like um, the way you'd kiss your cousin on the cheek, because she was indeed his cousin. And I would also note that he kisses Laban, her father, a couple verses later, too. So, so far, there's nothing mushy-gushy happening, but he does fall in love with Rachel. And Jacob is willing to serve Laban for seven years. That's a long time. Part of that may be that Jacob was really in love with Rachel. Part of it may be that he was happy to, to be there. And part of it may be that he didn't really want to go home and face his brother Esau. He may have been afraid to return home. So this seems to work out well for Jacob. He's going to work for Laban for seven years, and then he will get Rachel. But what happens? Laban deceives Jacob. This is really ironic. Jacob, the one who had been the deceiver, right? He had deceived Esau, deceived Isaac, and now he himself is being tricked by Laban, who brings Leah to Jacob instead of Rachel. And probably the way that that worked out was that Leah had a veil on, so Jacob could not see her face until the morning. But Laban says, I'll give you Rachel too, but you have to work for me seven more years. Laban is using this opportunity to trick Jacob even more and get him to work even longer. So in total, Jacob is going to work for Laban for 14 years for these two daughters. And at the end of what we read today, we see the beginnings of some family conflict because Jacob loves Rachel more than Leah. Just think, how is that going to work out? This guy now has two wives, and he loves one of them more than the other one. This is a recipe for family disaster. This is called polygamy. When a man has more than one wife, it's called polygamy, and we see it a lot in the Bible. We saw it with um, Abraham, and we saw it with Esau. Now we're seeing it with Jacob. This seems to be a common occurrence, especially people who were wealthy or um, seen as kings or kind of rulers in the land would have more than one wife. So is that is the Bible saying that this is okay? It's important as we read the Bible to remember that these are true stories and they're descriptive of what happened, but they're not telling us necessarily what should have happened. We see that in the Bible too, but we need to be careful readers of God's word. Way back in the beginning of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 2, um, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So that was God's original design for marriage. One man and one woman, and they leave their father and their mother, and they hold fast to one another, and they become one flesh. That's what marriage is. It's one man and one woman. But just because that's what God said it was, doesn't mean that people always have obeyed God, and we see that clearly here. Um, God's design was always one man and one woman, and people disobeyed him by having more than one wife. And as we read in the book of Genesis and in the Bible as a whole, we'll see that that doesn't work out well. <laughs> having more than one wife is not a good thing. It doesn't work out well, and it, it's not going to work out very well for Jacob in many ways. God is good, 
He has good rules and good designs, but his people do not always obey him. They do not always follow him, and it doesn't always work out well for them because of that. All right, let's talk about our memory verse for this week. We are in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. What a mercy that is that God blots out our transgressions and doesn't remember our sins for his own sake. Well, I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows and reading the Bible with me. Stay tuned for next time when we'll find out what happens with Jacob and Leah and Rachel, his two wives. We'll see you next time.